Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The Law of Action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show. All right, today I'm so excited. I have a guest on that, you know, you never know how you're going to meet someone, whether it's through social media or whatever. And I accidentally just kind of cross paths with Lindsay and man, I just fell in love with her and she chatted with me. I chatted with her. I became a customer of her with her business, Hello Audio. And I followed her just as she does her thing in life on social media. And then I saw her on Clubhouse. Matter of fact, she, so she's the one to blame. She's the one that got me on Clubhouse. <laughs> and uh, I've been just following her along and she's just this great person. And what I love about her is that she has overcome some serious challenges. And you know, when you live a life of inspired action, life is not always perfect, but it's how you overcome those challenges. So let me give a little background about my friend, Lindsay. Um, her name is Lindsay Padilla. She's an ex-community college professor who accidentally started a business four years ago. Now she's CEO and co-founder of Hello Audio Software. Super, super cool platform. And what it does allows you to have private audio feeds. They're like a podcast and it makes learning on the internet so much easier and so much more fun. You get to have something that no one else has and she has it, it's Hello Audio. And what Lindsay does is she challenges the industry norm of unfinished courses and unconsumed content with her product, Hello Audio. So all you people that have courses and stuff that never launched, now's your chance. We'll talk a little bit about Hello Audio, but also living a life of inspired action. She is a fellow podcaster. She's also the rambunctious host of the Wealthy Teachers Podcast, which covers the business of teaching online. It is currently in hiatus. However, before we started recording, we had a conversation that's going to be coming back in a bigger, badder, better 2021 version. So I'm just excited to have you. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Rob. I'm really excited to be here and talk with you about this. Well, so all right, we talked about a little bit about Hello Audio. Mentioned that. Just give an overview of what Hello Audio is. People are like, what's Hello Audio? Well, tell them, and then we'll talk about more of the in-depth story about how it all came to fruition. Uh, well, our mission with Hello Audio is to get people to consume content via audio form. And I actually believe that 2021 is going to be the year of audio. Uh, Clubhouse is kind of leading the way, which is a social audio app. And what we do at Hello Audio is we take your content that you already have, courses, summits, events, membership sites, coaching calls, and we're basically saying, hey, that would be really cool if that was also offered to your customers in audio form. And so we allow you to turn that content into audio really easily. And it's delivered via private podcast, which means it's not searchable in iTunes. Like you can find, in, you know, this podcast is on iTunes. It's in all the, all the you know, public domain uh, podcast delivery systems. A private podcast, you have to have a special link to get to it. And so you can actually track your customers, see what they're listening to, 
turn off their access if you need to for whatever reason. And we're just, you know, happy to deliver audio in that way. And we're the future of Hello Audio is going to be all about, you know, automation and delivering the right audio to the right person at the right time. And we're really excited about that, too. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm a customer. Um, I became a founder of the company, one of the very fierce people. And I got to tell you, I'm thrilled about being that. Matter of fact, I'm number four. I always, yes. you know, it's so great. So <laughs> number, four. number one. <laughs> I know. There you go. It's number four, like really fast. So she saw me in action because the offer came and I'm like, yeah, I'm there like that. And so yeah. that's really what living a life of inspired action is, is deciding, planning and acting. So there's a story behind how Hello Audio came to fruition. Mm. And unfortunately, and I had the same situation is I've been in business with people that just, it just didn't work out and they took an idea and they ran with it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so why don't you share a little bit about that? And we'll talk about how you overcame those obstacles. Cause that's really, I think it's going to really inspire a lot of people. Cause a lot of people yeah. have those stops in their lives. Yeah. So let's go a little bit further back than that, Rob, because I actually realized that my own internal um, stories I was telling myself and belief systems that I had set up for myself um, was actually stopping me from becoming a CEO of a SaaS company. And so um, I, when I was a, a college professor, I decided to leave that. And that's a whole other conversation. But in after that, I just I was helping people basically create online courses and um, which makes sense because I was a college professor for 10 years. So I knew how to help people teach better online. In that time frame, Derek and I, my husband, who is my co-business owner um, of that company as well, we realized that people were not finishing their courses. And um, as I was helping people launch courses, I also realized that video was holding them back. They wanted a perfect camera. They wanted it to be all fancy. They had to get ready, you know, to launch the course. And so we tried to cut back as many obstacles as possible. Well, the thing that we noticed was, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just listen to these courses like that? And, and wouldn't it be great that people could launch kind of audio-based courses if they needed to. Wouldn't that help with completion? So we decided to create our podcast version of the course that I owned and that I taught. I had over, I think I've had over 600 people go through that. Um, and that was our first test case. And when we realized that the students loved it, that's when we knew, hey, what would it mean to do this for more people? What would it mean to possibly create a software? Because a lot of the podcast hosting companies out in the world did not um, make it conducive for what we were doing. There was a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff my husband had to do, scripting and fancy backend dev stuff. And so we sat with it for a little while and said, look, we could create this product um, because there's a market for it. Or, you know, could we maybe find somebody to do it with us? And I got that idea from a fellow podcast uh, person Harry Duran, he said to me, he's like, well, why do you have to reinvent the wheel? Like you're basically a Libsyn, but like a little bit different. Why not approach some of these podcast hosting companies and see if they could add this in and you could kind of, you know, build it with them. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. I don't want to be a CEO of a SaaS company. That was not my plan, right? I had this plan of helping teachers and helping them build courses and helping them leave academia if they wanted to. And what I realized over two months is that um, I actually did want to lead the company, but I wasn't willing to look at it. And so I set up all these meetings. I had all these, you know, ways of, of um, 
you know, talking to these people and I recognized that, man, I was not going to have any control and, and the timeline kept getting pushed out. And so I uh, basically, and, and this is where the story gets a little more, you know, um, Rocky, if you will. A little more juicy. A little more more juicy, juicy, right? So that's the pre-story. I told myself I did not want to be a CEO of a SaaS company. Then along comes a customer who basically said, I build apps for people. That's my job. That's what I've done for a long time. Let's build this together. And I was like, okay. (laughs) We did a a little bit of some of the, you know, conversations ahead of time. Um, and it looked like it was going to be a good match. And what it made me realize the value of that, um, uh, ask, if you will, was made me realize that I could do this without, um, you know, latching onto a pre-existing company. I actually, maybe we could build this. And it sounded like she had knowledge that would contribute. So this is early 2020. This is just before the pandemic. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And we realized, okay, it's go time. Let's launch this puppy. Let's get it built. And so we brought this person on, uh, was essentially acting as if we were all co-founders. And we uh, got a developer, um, started meeting regularly, building it, all of it. And then about four months in, about a week before we were going to go live, um, this person essentially sends an email and says, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Um, I own all the code that we've built. I own the product. Um, I own the features, the, you know, I'm copywriting the features, the idea, uh, everything under my company. And, you know, this isn't personal, something along those lines. My blood is boiling. Yeah. (laughs) And I got a tear in my eye. Just, oh, I just... So um, that, I mean, we knew it was coming. So about a week prior, we had noticed that this person had deleted all the drive folders, all of the ClickUp tasks, everything in Slack. And so we knew she was up to something. Um, and, you know, the timeline uh, is, is related to that. But she, um, yeah, it took her about two weeks to actually send that email. And it was the day before our equity meeting. So the positive side of this story is that we did not actually give her any part of the company. We did not form the company yet. Um, we were building this all under like our own kind of um, LLCs, if you will, before we came together. And so we're really grateful in that regard that that someone that would do something like this, oh, we don't have to go into partnership with her. That's great. Um, and there was value in what happened. It, it actually made me realize that I could do this and that I wanted to. It was the universe kind of showing me like, do you really want this? Because she's walking away and creating the and keeping and cr- launching the same product. And so that's where we're at. This is um, end of May. So I want to yeah. jump in. I, yeah. You just said something and I want people to listen to this. Mm. So you just said that she's launching the same product. And so the distinction is, she thinks she's launching the same product. And what I want to show the distinction is everybody that has a course out there that says it's how to bake an apple pie. If I have a course on Rob's how to bake an apple pie, it's different than Lindsay's course of how to bake an apple pie or Derek's course of how to bake an apple pie. Yep. So the distinction is she may think she has the same as what, what Hello Audio is now. And it's not because the missing ingredient is Derek, mm-hmm. Nora, right? It's Nora, mm-hmm. right? Nora, and, Nora, Nora and Lindsay. Yep. So it's 
it's it people have to understand that everybody has like what I talk about is that there's all these ideas in the world and whoever grabs it first gets it. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's theirs because it's theirs. So like there's other books on action. However, there's no one that has my story of how I interpret action. And the reason it's been successful is because you get me. And when people hire your company, they don't hire the company, they hire you. So understand that. So I just wanted to let people know that it's not the same. It may be the same, like it's a SaaS company, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. Yeah. Because ethics and integrity are important to me. And I know a lot of people, and I don't do business with people that are not ethical. I just wanted to say that. So it's not the same. You guys are so much better. I love you. I'm in for life. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, it's good. It's unfortunate that you lost her in the painful way you did. However, mm. what a blessing from the universe. What a blessing. Yeah. You lost Absolutely. her. Yeah. It, because it, you could be a multi-billion dollar company and she's like, oh yeah, by the way, um, section three, paragraph two, that's hidden and it's written in pig Latin. Uh, guess what? Uh, I own everything and you yeah. owe me everything for the next 30 years. So it's perfect. So yeah. life, life comes at you fast. And sometimes it's a real, a shocking way that it's a gift. Mm. So, so, so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that because there, there is a lot. I, and this is why I wanted to come on the show and talk about it because there's a lot to learn from like other people's experiences. And for me, um, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, a week later, the product went live and that was one of the hardest days in business I've ever had watching a website go live and the about page say that she came up with the whole thing and this whole, I mean, it was like a, a like, you know, stab in the heart, like just watching this. I cried a lot, but I also had a lot of, of amazing friends who had my back saying very similar things to you that, you know, you are the one that's passionate. That idea came from you. It was birthed in everything you've done up until this point. So she could go take the exact same feature set, literally our roadmap, and she had months ahead of us. She Because we had to rebuild it from scratch. So that's a really important part. As she goes and takes that code, we had a choice. We could fight for that code and spend legal money. And our lawyer said, you have a right to it. Like you co-created that code with her. You both actually could go use it. But we said, we don't want to touch it. Like, <laughs> I don't trust her. I don't trust that she would put anything that would explode in it. Who knows? I don't want her code. We're just going to rebuild it. And we knew how much that would set us back timing wise. And she was first to market. This is a new concept. It's a new way of talking about using audio and audio delivery. Um, So first to market, we lost that, but we had all this other stuff. And it was this really, you know, looking back as hard as those moments were and how quick we had to move. I knew deep down to your point of, you know, decide, plan, take action, like that whole method. I, w- I knew I was not going to give up. Like there was no, there was no option where it didn't make sense that I wouldn't hire the developer, find the money and make the next product. Like, because I had to, it was like, a, you know what I mean? It was, I had to birth it. And so that hiccup, while it felt like a huge setback and it did make that summer very difficult. It always felt like every week we weren't launched, she was making traction. But then 
even by the end and when we finally launched in the very end of September, we even had a couple other hiccups, but while we finally launched at the very end of September, we look back and she barely gained any traction. I mean, we probably blew through um, her amount of users on the first day than she ever had um, without us. And it really was this moment of, you know, you know, she had a product, but she had no people and I had people and had no product. And I knew though that us launching just because someone beats you to market or has something similar to your point does not mean you shouldn't create it, especially if it feels like a calling. And that's what this felt like for me. And so it was just every day, it was like, what are we going to do to get a, a, a step closer? And we just, and we just kept doing it. And now like, you know, now we have new challenges and different things that we're worried about. And it's not so much her, it's, um, you know, how do we make this product better? You know, how, like what feature do we release next? I mean, there's so many decisions you make on a day-to-day basis, you know, in building a company that, that, that decision and then the planning and then the, the action, you just have to stay in that as, you know, daily. And that's what keeps you moving. That's what keeps the ball rolling. Even if it feels like in a day that you're behind, <laughs> like behind the competitor or behind, you know, um, you know, feature list or whatever, or like bugs, um, just keep going, keep like peeling off <laughs> that list. You know, one of the things that I know, and, and I found interesting is so as I'm empathic and I'm very intuitive and I came across that other company yep. before I saw yours. And what I found interesting, it's very, they put a lot of money into their branding and it looks really polished and it just, man, it just didn't feel right. It just, mm. something incongruent was there. And then I found your company and you had like smoke and mirrors and nothing really nothing. there. And I just, <laughs> but, but I really loved your energy and I loved your passion. Mm-hmm. And I want people to understand people are a lot more transparent. You are a lot more transparent than you think you are. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, people aren't dumb and, you know, you can fool me once, fool me twice, but I think, you know, there's a universal principle that came out. So there was a, a, a lunar eclipse recently, a couple of years ago. I don't know. When did Weinstein, when was that Harvey Weinstein? Oh, yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. So all my friends that are universal healers and stuff like that, they said right before that happened, they, there was a big lunar eclipse or something or a sun eclipse. I'm not, I'm not up to date on all that stuff, but something big happened. And they said, all will be revealed. You will be no hiding. And that, that means that, and they told me, they said, who you are is who you are and there's no hiding anything. So you better be really clear that you're being who you are. And so then Harvey Weinstein came out and then all these other people were, are, will be revealed. That's what they said. The universe is coming out. And so now in this time, people are being revealed and mm. use people for who they are. If you look, if you take off your glasses and just look, you can see who people are and you can see that on TikTok or not TikTok, but Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah. So what's amazing about that, people that you think are so freaking awesome, they start talking on Clubhouse and you're like, oh man, you're all smoking mirrors. Yeah. And yep. people who you think are like, eh, oh my God, you're freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you're bringing this up. I do think that there's like social media 2.0 is coming Absolutely. out and that idea of, um, 
more raw, more authentic. That's what people are craving and not this polished Instagram feed. It's like, how can I learn about like who you are as a person? And even like Instagram stories was leading us to that, right? Like the behind the scenes, but Clubhouse, um, all you have is your voice in that app. And, um, and you're, you know, meeting people you've never met before. There's people listening that you don't know. And there's this huge, beautiful discovery piece happening, but it's truly you. I, I, it's funny that you say that someone was talking about if you have the same spiel that you give in every single room, it, it follows you in the app. Like you can't not, um, you can't hide that. Like you can't have your three tricks that you always like say on a stage because everyone's going to be like, I've heard this before. And it's the same thing. You're now actually repelling people from you because it's all smoke and mirrors and you're just saying the same things um, and not truly able to respond in real time to other human beings, which I think that real time factor is huge. Um, and so, yeah, you're bringing up a lot of, I think, this is all related to like running a business online now as well is like, who's behind it? What are their values? What do they care about? What do they believe? You know, um, that all is now a part of the company. It's not something to hide behind. And the people who don't talk about that stuff, um, are going to be become irrelevant. And we even look at like Gen Z coming up and like the things that they care about and what, um, you know, their impact, those like young kids right now on TikTok. Um, they all think that they're going to be creators and entrepreneurs, and that's really exciting. But they're also really caring about, you know, the environment and social change. And so, you know, it's, I think the companies that are going to last is not necessarily how big you can get, but like how loyal you can make your customers and how, um, and how much you're able to provide for them. So, um, all related to this because exactly someone who built a company and literally took our wireframe that we came up with and built a company behind it, you know, her roadmap and like where we're taking it is now beyond her because we've now changed like what our, our thing is. And that's the part like that falls away. She can make, you know, a couple thousand bucks a month, I you know, whatever, but she won't be able to do it in the way that I will and that I know where we're taking and the impact that we're going to have because it wasn't hers to begin with. And, and people see through that just to your point. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is something that you do when you come against this fear of like, Oh, I don't want to take that next step. Like, yeah. you know, is it, do you have, do you have doubts of your unworthiness or do you have the fear of success or do you have the imposter syndrome? You know, what are those that you, that show up? I love the look. So what are some things, how do you overcome that? How do yeah. you overcome when you hit an option? Um, one of the things, like uh, to that point, like that limiting belief that I brought up that I literally said out loud multiple times was I do not want to be a CEO of a SaaS company. Um, and the universe was like, are you sure? And then to the point where it was like, you, you really want this, right? Um, the, some of the first things I did when I was like worried about that is I actually found a mentor slash coach that I knew I can learn from because the story I told myself was, you don't know anything about tech. Like you can barely run this other company. Who are you to now start a, te a tech company, right? That was what was going on in my head. So that's a ton of imposter syndrome, but it's not only that, I actually felt 
the academic in me is like, I'm unprepared. Like, <laughs> I need to read some I'm things. I'm stuck in the planning stage. I'm going to yeah. plan some more and plan some more and plan some more. <laughs> yeah. So I recognize that something that gives me confidence actually is reading. And so um, I picked up books. I picked up um, Founders Dilemmas, which is a huge book in starting like a tech company and having co-founders and, and building something like that. And it gave me literature and like evidence of like how like how to make decisions in a te- in a SaaS company. And then I found a coach, Dan Martell. Um, I'm in his program called Growth Accelerator, and he's a five time SaaS founder with like three exits, I believe. And this is what he does. He coaches people and he's coached so many different SaaS companies that I was like, that's what I need. I need a framework to follow and a place where I can go to ask questions. Once I set that up, then it was like, great. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but now I have the ability to ask people who can help me as I make those mistakes, right? So now the fear of messing up is minimized because I've built a support system. So I think for me to get over or like through the fear of imposter syndrome or fear of failure is like what support mechanisms can you put in place and who can you reach out to for help um, and guidance? And that's been, that's, that's huge for me. I think, you know, I've always struggled with thinking about fear of success. Um, As someone who's type A and got all the fancy degrees, (laughs) like I had a very clear path and like, I knew what it took to get there. I don't know that I'm afraid of success, but I do have I do have unworthiness issues. Absolutely, um, that's that's probably been in my long time of running my own company is coming face to face with money mindset stuff and what I think about rich people and what I've learned and has been passed down from my family. So I've been doing actually a lot of therapy around. Um, how I feel towards money and like what baggage money takes, what baggage debt has, like there's all these things like meanings um, that I've uh, associated with income and like wealth that I have to actively push against. And so that's more what my struggles are is, is maybe not like success in um, like a, a societal view, but more like success in money, like being somebody who has a lot of it that's something I've struggled with and actively struggle with in dealing with um, what it means to accumulate wealth, what it means to create wealth, um, and just my own family stories around that that I've been having to unlearn. Yeah, it's amazing. So one of the things is, and and I want people to get this distinction, is that it's really important to have a coach. And mm. you know, so I'm a voice actor. I've been a voice actor for for decades, and I'm pretty much the top of my game. I'm a SAG actor. I do national TV commercials. I narrated Howl's audiobook, The Miracle Morning. I mean, I'm I'm not a beginner voice actor, and I have a coach. I have a voiceover coach. Why? Because I want to keep refining my craft and and getting better and better and better. And I want some different set of eyes and ears that I can trust. Yeah. And I also have um, business coaches. It's very, very important. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I don't need a coach. Well, you know, when I work with my coaching clients, you know, they've said I didn't need a coach and then they work with me or if they work with you or they work with other coaches. It's so important to have someone you can trust that you can bounce ideas off because they're really committed to your success. And friends are going to be yes people. And you don't want a yes person in your corner when you're talking business. You just don't. Yep. And it's important to have, you know, that support. 
it really is important to have that. And yeah. and I think it's it's really great. I love how you're being so vulnerable in this of saying, you know, hey, I got challenges with money. I think there are people out there listening that have challenges with money. Yep, absolutely. No matter how much money you make, it's either not enough or you're going to do everything you can to get rid of that money because it's burning <laughs> a hole in your bank account. You're like, I don't want it. It's like hot potato. Yep. And I think that comes from the worthiness. Like you are worthy of success. And I was listening. Um, no, who's, I had a conversation the other day with someone and they were talking about how people sabotage themselves because, and this is the money thing that's so powerful. And this is what they said. They said, people sabotage their, their income and their money because they don't want to lose their current friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're afraid it will make their friends look bad if they are successful. Mm -hmm. Mine, so mine is, I don't want to lose my family because wow. my family talks negatively about people who have money. So if I have money, therefore they're going to talk negatively about it. That person doesn't spend their money right. Like all, I have all these things that I've heard my family say. And so that's what I personally had to, had to deal with is my own family. But yes, I've also heard friends, but it's interesting. Like my friends have shifted from like college friends to now entrepreneur friends. And I've been very intentional about who I surround myself with. So um, and they're doing very well. So in fact, um, it, it it's not friends for me, but yeah, absolutely. Um, over the last 30 days, especially, I've been cleaning house. I've been actually deleting numbers off of my phone. I'm like, this oh, is yeah. not even like, they're just non-existent to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that, that the reason I'm doing that mostly is the people that are so freaking negative. Yeah. Yep. And they're not grateful for what they have. Like I'm all about gratitude. And I, I just knowing you, I know that you're very grateful. And I know you must do gratitude either at night or in the morning. I mean, I do it every day. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to wake up every day and be alive. Mm -hmm. I almost died. And I mm -hmm. fought for my life for months to try to not die. So yeah. <laughs> when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I have another day. I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And I wake up purpose and excitement. And there's a lot of crazy going on in the world. Like a lot. A lot we can't control. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the thing that I want people to get is that I'm focusing on the things that I can control. And one thing that I've noticed is that I'm really working very hard to control my surroundings. So I'm doing another purge. You know, some with ADD, I acquire stuff fast and you know, I got Amazon <laughs> You know, I'm very creative. And so I got a new light or I got a new computer. Or I got a new cable and I've got cables, you know, like someday I'm going to need to plug in my Blackberry again. But I looked and I have a cable for a Blackberry and I'm like, I got to get rid of this stuff. You know, so what I've done is I've gone inward and I'm focusing on the stuff I can control, which is my house. So like, yeah. it sounds funny, but. I'm now into folding things a certain way. So I looked online and I, I actually saw a TikTok and it's a woman who folds towels and she rolls them. Mm. So I have now rolled every towel in the house. <laughs> every towel in the house is, full, is rolled and it saves more space, but it gives me that feeling, you know, before pandemic, I was traveling all the time mm. and I was always in hotels and I always felt comfortable in hotels. Yes, yeah. 
So I've turned my bedroom into hotel. There's no TV in there. It's very spa-like. I've got lighting that I control from my phone. I've got music. I've got really cool sheets. It's very, very comfortable. And that's how I go to bed at night. And that's how I wake up. And I'm so grateful, but I'm focusing on what I can control because there's a lot of chaos going on out there that we can't control. We can be upset about it, but we can't control it. Yep. Yep. We just have to strap in and hold on tight. This is a knee ticket ride. So <laughs> what are you doing on a daily basis to live a life of inspired action and to, to, to you know, quiet the noise and keep building Hello Audio and keep making the impact that you're making on people? Yeah. So I actually just finished the 75 Hard program. I don't know if you're okay. familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. I want to I wanna applaud you for Thank that. Thank you. I finished it three days ago. <laughs> so my guest of last week, Debbie Kozowski, um, Deborah Kozowski, she just finished, or just in a very part of finishing 75 Hard, we talked about it, but they may not have heard it. So first of all, Rockstar. Yeah. Rockstar <laughs> and yeah. Rockstar. So tell, tell people what is 75 Hard, and then I'm just going to just just say how great you are for a minute after that. Yeah. So really quick, the first thing is I was very turned off by the branding of it. It's got like skulls and it's red and black and it's like very masculine and very like, Rawr. I like that. Yeah. Well, some people do. Right. And so for me, however, it, that's not, um, you know, it's somewhat of a turnoff. Like I'm like judgmental of it. Like, I don't know. Like, what are they like requiring? Right. And so I watched my coach actually is the person who inspired me to do it. Dan Martell was doing it and checking it off. And I'm like, okay, what is he up to? Right. And he did this um, video and he was talking about how, if you think this is a weight loss program, you're wrong. And so I'm very like anti-diet culture. I think it's damaging um, as a female who's spent, who's done lots of shitty things to her body. I was not ready for a shitty thing to do to my body. And so he was like, it's a mental game. That's the, it's a mental toughness program. And he goes, if you feel like you are a little unorganized, if you're not confident in what you should be doing every day, if you're not holding promises to yourself, you need this program. And I was like, shit, that is exactly what I need. And he basically called me out right after a year of the pandemic. So I started end of October and it was like, it was, it was a lot of, you know, waking up and being in your house and just stuff you couldn't control. And I felt like my productivity was going down, but I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to so, show up like that. And a CEO of a SaaS company doesn't show up like that. A CEO of a seven-figure SaaS company does not show up like that. So I was like, okay, I clearly need a reset. And that's what the 75 program was, is there's certain tasks you have to complete every day. And what actually really sold it for me too was like, yes, you have to follow a diet, but you get to pick. He's not here to tell you it must be low carb or you have to be vegan. It's not a diet program. Decide what you want to do, but you need to stick to it. Um, you need to drink a gallon of water, two 45 minute workouts a day. One has to be outside. Um, read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. Um, and uh, no like cheat meals or anything like that. And so every day you check it off, you take a picture of yourself every day also, and that's the program. And if you miss it, if you don't complete it, you're supposed to start over. And so I collected friends to do it. My husband did it with me. Um, one of my biz besties, Emily Hirsch did it with me. Her mom did it. Um, and so I started and um, 
come to find out that my little sister was about to start too. And so she was a week behind me. So it was this crew of us doing this every single day. And I learned a lot. I, I released uh, 16 pounds, 16 or 17 pounds. Um, and I, I did not do a crazy diet. I just did portions. So for me, it was not saying I can't have a certain food. That is not something I need to, I need to personally do in my health journey, but say, Hey, maybe instead of five pieces of pizza, two is fine or eating. Right. And like, like really logical stuff like that. We didn't eat out a lot. We were very intentional about, um, about like cooking at home. And so that was my program. And I also did not work out crazy hard. Um, it's called 75 hard, but he says you can do whatever, just move your body. And so we were doing morning walks. And so that was easy to tack on. And then it became, okay, if I feel like getting on my Peloton, I will. But if I don't, an evening walk is fine too, or even restorative yoga, um, a, a session. So when I made the workout, not something too hard, it allowed me to like really step into that, like to carve the time out was more important than doing something that could potentially make me not want to show up the next day. And so it really was teaching me if I'm trying to run three miles or do a really crazy Peloton workout every day, it's going to be harder when I don't feel like doing it. And so I actually kind of saw it as a baby step program and said, it's more important that I do it than like it being something really crazy and intense. And I think that is something to be said about like goals, right? Like if you're going to set a goal to do something and it's actually too hard for you to do, it's a lot harder to like accomplish that goal and to honor that even showing up in that moment is enough, right? And it doesn't have to be something crazy. And so, um, yeah, that was, and no drinking, no alcohol. I don't think I said that. So um, yeah, I did 75 hard and that really got me to say, oh, cause there were times where at 11 o'clock at night, I hadn't done my second workout. So went downstairs, did a yoga session, right? It wasn't a really hard workout, but I did it. And my husband and I both held like, each other account accountable on that. And I think it's those moments when you like don't feel like it or you're running out of time, you realize that you actually do have the time. And, and even I think I worked one day till about seven, which I rarely do. I really try to get off at like three or 4 p.m. and be done. And one day something was happening big and I, you know, I had to fix something. And I was like, oh, shoot, I haven't worked out. And I was like, I'm doing 75 hard. I, I'm, I just get up and don't even think it. And it's those, it, it basically helped me realize that you can set a commitment. And I was publicly posting on Instagram, right? That I did it every day where people are messaging me like, you know, oh, I wanted to try this or I've seen this and just recognizing that if I don't show up, other people are going to like ask where, what happened, right? And so that outside accountability really helped me too. And so today I started phase one. <laughs> so there's all these phases, I won't go into it. But what I realized, it's a cold shower, five minutes in the morning it sucks. <laughs> and, but then I'm like, I just did 75 hard for 75 days. Why can't I add a cold shower? Like yeah. I can do it. And I think it's that that's what 75 hard taught me is that, um, if you want to do it and say, you're going to do it, it's up to you. That's it. And if you put in this parameter to help train your brain that, you know, you are the decider of what action you want to take, you don't have excuses. 
And that, and that's what that program like gave me the like boundaries of you need to ac- accomplish this much in a day. No excuse. I was chugging water at night, right? Cause you have to drink a gallon of water because you have to, and it's awkward. And then you're peeing and we would message each other and be like, Oh my God, I had to chug so much water last night. But like, you know, what can I do tomorrow to not make that happen? Right. And that's the kind of mindset. And so it was completely a mindset program and I freaking did it. And it, it's cool to say out loud too, and be like, that's I did that. So great. You know, yeah. and the one thing is, is that, you know, I wanted to do it a couple months ago. I didn't know you then, but um, I could not get my inner circle to deal with me. They just like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do, but we're only going to do this and we're going to modify yes, this. People make excuses for they like how to, to do it. It yeah. really pissed me off because yep. I want to do it. And I, I admitted to myself, I really do not think under any circumstances I can do it by myself. Like mm-hmm. I needed to have a support system. Yeah, it helps. Like I, I just felt like I was alone on an island and I didn't want to feel that way because I felt that way before. So I do the 100p, <laughs> which is, which is uh, 100 pushups. So, oh, yeah. But it's funny because 100 pushups is a lot. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm not, you know, so I got pandemic weight. I got up to... God, to 109, 200 pounds, and then I dropped to 198, and now I'm down to 184 right now, nice. which is great. Um, not on a diet or anything, just just being aware of what I'm eating. And, Conscious, yep. You know, I, I just got a little stressed out, so I didn't think anything about going from, you know, eating really healthy and then going to Chipotle every day and having extra sour cream and extra cheese, how you could gain like 12 yep. pounds, like just yep. like that. Yep. 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 Now I still go to Chipotle, but I don't, I get the rice from behind and I don't put sour cream on. I don't put the uh, cheese on. God, I don't even get the corn. I get some of the pico de gallo and then I get the tofu and chicken and um, it's still delicious. Yep. Yep. But if, but if, you know, you, you make those precise um, decisions. Decisions. Yeah. So yep. the other thing is, is being your word because you could have mm. said, oh, you know what? No one's going to know that I didn't drink a gallon. Right. However, you know, yep. and you're playing full out and you're being transparent. And it's even worse if you know, because the 100 P, the 100 pushups, you do 100 pushups a day for 30 days. Okay. If you're not in good shape, you can't do 100 pushups. So you have to do the... I don't want to say the girl push-ups, but I'm that's what modified. they were you know, on your knees, you know, the the modified, we'll say the modified push-ups. Mm-hmm. So I started doing the modified push-ups and I could barely do a hundred. And then I started doing five standard push-ups. And now I'm up to I think like 30 push-ups. Nice. And but it's taken me a while to get there. And one night I overslept. I was gonna do it at night and I fell asleep over the next day, and I'm like, Oh, well, it's 4.30 in the morning, so it's really not morning. And I'm like, made the decision. So I started over again. Started over. And it was hard because I'm like, well, and I, it's funny how we negotiate in our brain. Yep, like, yep. Well, That's it's also what it taught me, right? That I, I'm like making up reasons that aren't even legit. Yeah. yeah. It's still dark. And I didn't mean to do it. It doesn't matter what you mean or not mean. It's do Prioritizing. Yeah. Right. Yep. And action leads to results and inaction leads to consequences. Yep. 
Absolutely. So yeah, there's a whole thing to learn about yourself, the stories you tell yourself right before you're supposed to do something. That's where the learning and the magic is in that program. Yeah. What is one thing that you do when you are at a roadblock and you can't get through it? Like when you're just just stuck, what is the one thing that you do to get through the stuck? I always feel like it's scariest right before you start something. So if I, if I ever find myself there, it's always just start. <laughs> and so it, whether that's, um, you know, opening up the task and saying like, oh, I have this thing that I have to do. Like I have a big thing that I have to do today that's on my to-do list that I like have been kind of avoiding for a while. And I know that the second I actually commit to opening the dock and giving myself three to five minutes to like get started, then I end up in the flow. It's never, you're never judging yourself in it. You're judging it right before. And you're like, I don't want to do this, or I don't feel, or I don't know what to do, like getting, feeling stuck. And so for me, it's like, can you just start? So even in in phase one of, of, of 75 hard, so there's 75 hard, then there's phase one, two, and three. He has something called a power list. And, um, I put on my power list, I actually was looking back at my 75 hard journey and I said, I didn't ride my Peloton enough. I probably now should add pushing myself in the workouts. I, I, I landed the, I showed up for myself and did walks and yoga um, more often than working hard. And so um, I put on my power list, which is something that I have to do no matter what, just to get on the Peloton. Now, I did not set an amount of time. So if I do a 10 minute ride, I do a 10 minute ride. But you know what's going to happen? I'm going to probably do 20 or 30 or even 45 because I, I went through the effort of getting on. So I, I think looking at the stuck is how can I create a way that I can just start and do something small? Because that usually leads to you doing more than you than um, that initial, oh, I, I'll just do five minutes. Like you tend to always stick around. So for me, starting, finding a, whatever way to start as simple as possible. Decide, plan, act, start. Start. Boom. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for taking time out. CEO, Hello Audio. Mm-hmm. She's, she, you know what? She's so much more than that. I, I mean, that's from a business, but getting to know you, Lindsay, I just really, um, I'm glad we crossed paths. I love being Me in too. the Hello Audio uh, family. I think it's great. I, I love your, your giving um, nature and how you just want to add value. And I can't wish any bigger success. Just really, just congratulations. All the obstacles you're going to overcome. And, you know, this is a woman who lives a life of inspired action. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on the Living the Law of Action show. Until next time, decide, plan, and act. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.